sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. Praise the Lord. It's good to be here this morning. Uh, I think I could probably, we could just probably leave it where it's at. But <laughs> I guess we have a message yet. <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Ron, for what you shared this morning. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Appreciate how God puts things together, and even with the children's lesson there on the on the, those children that prayed and saw answers to their prayers in a very real way. And uh, yeah, it's amazing how God uses men. And maybe I need to look into that store a little bit more. But that man that uh, was in his office and things just didn't. You know, it just didn't work, and someone was speaking to him. <laughs> so, praise the Lord. Greetings to you all this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Randall, too, for that song. Um, I, uh, the message that I have that I want to share this morning... We were last weekend. We were down in uh, we were down in uh, Virginia. Su- or Susanna is down there at the mission home, and uh, <clears throat> they had a parents' appreciation uh, supper or appreciation thing for us there. It was very nice. We had a very nice time uh, Sunday evening. I think was our highlight. You know, the other things were good too, but uh, Susanna and Susan and I went up into the mountain, and we had uh, time together just fellowshipping, talking around the campfire. It was a very special time with Susanna there. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was good. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of a challenging week. I, you know, it just seems like, well, the, before that I was out in Menden, so it just seems like, yeah, my office stuff isn't getting done either. <laughs> but uh, this past week, when was it, uh, Thursday and Friday, I was pretty much down sick. And uh, I wanted to go up and help Lee's there on Friday, but it, it didn't work. But I was able to be there yesterday, so I was glad for that. So welcome, Lee's, to Wellman, Iowa. I guess it is, Wellman, Iowa. <clears throat> Good to have you here. And when we moved here to Iowa, on our, I, I saw there was a little sign on one of the doors. I forget exactly what it said yesterday, but on one of our doors, when we moved out to Iowa, it said it's a place to grow. Now, I know you lived in Iowa, but uh, Wellman I is a place to grow. <laughs> but anyways, going back again to the where this message kind of was born out or started, it was uh, Sunday night, we were down there, we came home Monday, Sunday night after Susanna 
our time there with Susanna, we went into, they had a, a place there we slept. And for some reason, before I went to bed, I picked up a book that Susan had gotten from uh, the mission home there. And uh, <clears throat> what was in there was something about uh, kindness. And it just kind of stood out to me, kindness. And they had a couple of different verses. And so the next morning I got up, and in my quiet time, which would have been uh, Monday morning, it just seemed like that's uh, after I was done with my devotions, I just felt like God had a message for me. So that's where it started. And then uh, Monday afternoon, we flew home. Uh, yeah, so I was, I guess we had two, two flights that we had. I think it was the one, I forget which one it was now, but one of those flights, so it was from the one to, from uh, New York to Chicago, two-hour flight. I don't know how it is for you, but I have had different times. I know flying back from Costa Rica, there's uh, this time Susan and I were not able to sit together in the same seat, so I decided, well, this is a good time to meditate. So everybody else pretty much, they're on their phones or something, and they're just out uh, I did have, there was a man beside me, and he was pretty much out, or sleep, actually he was sleeping. And then there was a lady beside me, and, and it was one of those where I just didn't feel comfortable uh, being too friendly. <laughs> but anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I just had a time of meditating some more on what I want to share here this morning. And the title of the message is Kindness. And uh, I'd just like to look at some verses, first of all. And, and, and maybe the subtitle we could say is uh, The Righteousness of God. And as I, Monday morning there, as I med- was meditating on kindness, and then in the afternoon there, up there in the plane, up in the air, uh, I kind of went into the Sermon on the Mount, and that's where we'll spend some time this morning. <clears throat> so hopefully we have enough of uh, room in our minds and hearts this morning to hear some more. Uh, I, uh, yeah, if, with, well, maybe I'll mention this yet. I have, so I have the title here, and uh, so I'm going to give you a little bit of homework, if I can say it that way. Um, I'm going to ask you a question in the end. And so I want you to be listening very closely to see if you can answer it right in the end of the message. <clears throat> or maybe see if I got my point across. <laughs> and I would say it ties right in with uh, Ron's opening this morning. <clears throat> maybe it's a different word, but it ties right in. So I'm giving you a little bit of a giveaway. <clears throat> well, let's pray before we... Uh, Before we go into the message, let's just bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we worship you, we praise you. We thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, God, that you love your people, you care for your people. And Lord, we read in John there, John chapter 10, about the good shepherd. Jesus being the good shepherd. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would feed us as your sheep here this morning, that you would meet our needs, oh God, we pray. Heavenly Father, God, we are sheep, Lord, that need a shepherd. 
And we thank you, Jesus, that you are our shepherd, the true shepherd. And I just pray this morning, God, there's, there's different needs here in our midst this morning. Lord, there's some discouraging sheep. God, I pray that you would encourage them, Lord. God, I pray for those that are hurting this morning. God, that you would bring healing, Lord. Oh, God, we call upon your name this morning. We ask, God, Father, for those that need correction, Lord, that you would bring correction in your, in your, uh, in your special way. Oh, God, we pray this morning, Father. Lord, we call upon you. We ask, God, that you would have mercy upon us. And Lord, that you would, that you would uh, encourage us, God, where we're faithless, Lord, where we, where we need faith, God, I pray. Oh, Father, that you would touch our hearts here this morning. Oh, Lord, Father, we, we live in a real world, God. And even like we heard this morning about the days of Noah, God, it was, it was a, 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 it was a, 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 a Evil time, Father, and we're living in the last days here, and we're living in evil times, Lord. And God, we have pressures all around us, Father, and we just pray, O oh God, that you would give us what we need. Thank you for what you already brought to us, Lord. But God, you have some more, and I pray, O oh Lord, that you would just speak and minister to our hearts, God. Meet the needs in our midst, Lord, I pray. O oh God, we plead with you this morning. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the good shepherd, Lord. And God, if there's lost sheep in our midst here this morning, we pray that, that you would, that you would uh, <clears throat> how's that song go? The 99 that were in the, show, in the fold, that you went out to the one that was lost and you found that sheep. And we pray, oh God, that you would save the lost, Lord. Father, we call upon you this morning. And Lord, I just pray now that you would give me grace to share what you've on my heart, God. Oh Lord, it's a deep subject. There's many things that could be said. Help me, God, to stay on track. Help me, Lord, to only say those things that you would have me to say. God, that it will not just be a lot of leaves or a lot of fluff, Lord, but God, that there would be substance. Father, that it will make a difference in our lives, Lord, this coming week, dear God. Lord, we need you, Father, and we call upon you this morning. And we thank you that you're here, Lord. You're here, Father. You love your people. You care about your people. And we thank you and we praise you. I pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title is Kindness. In Psalms 117, we sang some of that this morning, or Randall. Uh, there, Psalms 117, uh, maybe we'll just turn to it to start off here. <clears throat> In verse 2 it says, for his... Mer- for his merciful kindness he is, is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. For his merciful kindness is toward us, is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. <clears throat> So here we have the word kindness, God's merciful kindness. And as I was up in the 
plain there and just thinking about the, 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 the merciful kindness of our God. You know, every one of us in this room here this morning, it's because of His mercy, it's because of His kindness that we're here this morning. And, and of those of us who have been born again and have come into the kingdom of God, it's the, the mercy and the kindness of our Heavenly Father that we're part of the kingdom of God. We all, we're out there dead in trespasses and sin in one form or another. And God saw us there. We're out there as that lost sheep, if you will, this morning. And God saw us there. The good shepherd saw us out there. And he came and he found the lost sheep. And one of those sheep was me. So I thank God for his merciful kindness this morning. He is a, he is a, a good God. God is good this morning. And we need to praise and thank him. And, you know, sometimes they say, if you, don't, if you don't get anything else, get this. Well, this is one of the things that I want to make sure that, or how should I say that, we get this morning. If we're going to be kind, we're going to have to get this point this morning. If we don't see the kindness of our Heavenly Father, how are we going to be kind? You know, they say, and I have seen this before in my unconverted state, I used to watch movies. And uh, but I remember seeing something where there was a man who was crying because he, I forget exactly how it went, but the reason he was crying is because what he was doing is what he saw his dad doing And he didn't want to do what his dad did. Have we ever found ourselves in that place where we realized, saw the failures of our dad, and we vowed that we would never do that? And lo and behold, one day we realized that we we just did the very same thing. But we have a heavenly Father in heaven who is perfect. He is kind. He is gracious. He is merciful. And we need to see Him. And as we see Him, we also can be kind. The kindness of our God. Kindness is... is, uh, Favor, mercy, pity. Let's go to Titus chapter 3 for a reading of scripture. We have in verse 4, but after that the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward uh, toward man appeared. But I like to read pretty much the whole past or uh, chapter here. It says here, but, 
Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and ending hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of the Je- washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed upon us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. <clears throat> this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which believe in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto all men. <clears throat> I think I will stop reading there. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. God is, God is, uh, how how should I say it this morning? God is a a kind God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. I'd like to read just a couple other verses here. You can turn to them if you want to. In Matthew eleven thirty, it says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does anyone know what that word easy there means? Maybe you can just take a guess in light of what we're talking about this morning. <clears throat> For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What do you think, Marcus? I'll help you out. For my yoke is kind. I like that. For my yoke is kind. My yoke is kind and my burden is light. Luke, that's in Matthew eleven thirty. Luke six thirty five. it says, But love ye your enemies and do good, lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the th- unthankful and, unto, and to the evil. Now this is giving us a picture of our God again. <clears throat> but love ye, or telling us what to do and, and, and telling us what God does. But love ye your enemies and, and do good, or, and good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And that word good there, uh, uh, the Greek is kind. So all, yeah. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt kind manners. So if you're with someone, remember that man that was crying because he saw his dad do something that was not kind, he ended up doing it himself. You know, we end up being like those we're with. Now, I believe, and we will look at that, that 
We don't have to. But naturally, that's kind of how it goes. That's how it goes, naturally. Be not deceived. Evil communication, corrupt, kind manners. That's 1 Corinthians 15.33. Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Be ye kind one to another. Do I know, do you know what it truly is to be kind? First Peter 2, 3 says, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That word gracious is kind again. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is kind. Here we have another one, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffereth long and is what? Kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaulteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity is kind. Now we have some verses here on kindness. Uh, kind, kindness. And maybe I'll just say kindness, uh, moral excellence in character or demeanor, gentleness. <clears throat> Romans 3.12, they are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none, there is one, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. There is none that doeth kindness, no, not one. <clears throat> Romans eleven twenty two. Behold, therefore, the goodness or the kindness and severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward those goodness or kindness. If thou continue in his goodness or in, in his kindness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. So in that, with that verse there, it's not leaving us an option. We need to be kind. Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, or kindness, goodness, faith. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Ephesians 2.7, it says, That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and in His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. God was kind to us. To make a way so that we could have salvation. Praise God. Titus 3.4 says, But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior uh, toward men. Up here, that word is a little bit chopped off there. but I'm not sure. I had a couple more here. I'm not sure how much further I'll go with this. Um... Yeah. Kind. Being kind. Kindness. God is kind. God calls us to be kind. Let's go to let's go now to Matthew chapter five, verse forty three to forty eight.
Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. <clears throat> for if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publican is the same. If you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the public and so. But be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We can be kind because God was kind to us. God was kind to us. Now he's asking us to be kind too. We are kind to those that are kind to us, but what if someone is not kind to us? How do we fare? God asks us to live above the natural. When someone is not nice to us, we be if someone is not nice to us, we be kind to them. Why does God ask this from us? He asks us to be like him because that is how he is, kind to the unthankful and evil. You know, it's very it's very natural, very easy, like we read here in, in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount here, to be kind to those that are kind to us, to love those that love us. But what about those that are not kind to us? What about those that are, you know, maybe, maybe they don't even do it intentional, but we take it that way. What is our response? And maybe we should back up here, and I, I, I didn't spend a lot of time on this, but uh, it says here, you have heard that it's been said, and I, verse 38, verse, or chapter, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38, you have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and of him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. It's easy to be nice to those that are nice to us, but what about those that are not nice to us? What is my response? What is your response? How do we respond? And you see, I I find this, and, and brothers and sisters, I've been... I've been in this thing all week. And we're failing, brothers and sisters. We're failing. I'm failing. But God has a holy standard. And He's not making it so high that we cannot attain it. He is not. It looks that way. It feels that way. It appears that way. To the natural, it is that way. There is no way that we can do that in ourselves. And it's so very clear to me that, I mean, it's in Galatians there, it says the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. It's to bring us to the place where we're, 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 we're done. We know we can't do it. But you know, I don't know, 
I believe God takes us right where we're at. I'll just put this in. I believe God takes us right where we're at. But it seems some get more when they get born again than others, if you will. But that doesn't mean if we only got salvation, we got saved, we got into heaven, and we didn't get much more than that, if you will. That doesn't mean that now the rest of our life we're just going to have to live somewhat in this plane of, well, I only got this little bit. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. Praise the Lord. They shall be filled. You know, Ron, that thing of pride. He's not here anymore. Where do you go, Ron? (laughs) Why is it that we respond wrong? When somebody's not kind to us. Pride. There's another word or another couple of things here that we want to look at. It's self. It's because we're not broken. Andrew, you preached on brokenness one time. It's because we're not broken. Somehow we're going to get through this. Somehow we're going to do it. Somehow. Uh, yeah, even, I mean, the Ten Commandments maybe weren't too bad. But what about if we try to live up to what Jesus is calling us here to be kind to those that are not kind to us? Now, let me read you this. How did the martyrs do it? The martyrs. Do some of you have the martyr's mirror in your bookshelf and do you read it? I have it and I, I, I keep being reminded I want to get my nose in it more than I do. But I have, I, I, I was just reminded this past week, I'm so thankful. We had some books in our school, one room schoolhouse that I went to that were not good. But I tell you, there was a couple books that were good. And they were rod and staff and they were about uh, martyrs and those who, who uh, lived the Sermon on the Mount. And those, those stories were, were just, it just, I just, I just read them. How did the martyrs do it? Men were, men were mean, cruel, unmerciful to them. And some of those things, you read some of those things, it's like, how could even God allow the, the, uncru- the cruelty that the, these human beings put other human beings through? It's not right. But how did they do it? Men were mean, cruel, unmerciful to them. But they did not waver. Why? They had a right understanding of God. They understood the kindness of their God. And therefore were able to go through the cruelest treatments that man could face. And like Jesus say, Father forgive them. For they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. And when someone is mean to you. Oh, let, let's just go out into the world where it's, a, where it's a worldly man or whatever, and they're just simply mean. I mean, real mean. Was there anybody mean to you this past week out on the job site or wherever? Ron mentioned about some hard customers. And I had, I, we had a couple of those too this past summer. I'm, I'm not sure if it was quite as bad as Ron, but 
You know, how do we respond? How do we, how do we work through the problem? <clears throat> well, the martyrs, they were able to do it. How did they do it? Like I read here, they had a right understanding of God. Understanding of God, and they understood the kindness of their God. And they were able to go through the cruelest treatments. Those people were doing things to them, but they did not. I, Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. And you know, brother, sister, brother, when a customer is mean to you, there just might have been a day before you were converted that you didn't do much better. But God, in his kindness and his mercy, saved you, washed you, cleansed you, filled you. And now God is asking you to show that person the grace, the mercy, the kindness of God. And brothers, this is a challenge for me, for all of us here this morning. There is opportunities that God brings along our pathway and we have the opportunity to respond like Jesus is asking us to, to be kind to those that are mean to us or we can just kind of spurn it and somehow, you know, brace ourselves and somehow, okay, we'll get through this somehow. And they'll miss seeing the kindness Heavenly Father, coming through to you, brother. <clears throat> you know, we think of, of opportunity as a witnessing. You know, here, here's a man, I should have given him a track and I didn't. And, and yes, we need to. But I also want to bring out this. I think even, I think this can be more powerful than maybe a track. I'll be careful with that. The Word of God, if, it's, uh, if the tract is the Word of God in it, the Word of God is very powerful. But you know what I'm saying? A life that is real, that God is using. What do they say? They say, if they're honest, they say, I've never seen anything like it in my life. That's what God is. That is where we're supposed to be living. To me, see, the thing of it is, is, and I, and I, and I found myself, so how am I going to say this? We, we find ourselves saying, well, that's what God wants us to be. But, you know, but, 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 but. And we come up with all these excuses. But I don't see excuses in. I mean, I don't. I mean, let me read you this. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's black and white. And so I want to be careful that I don't water down the word of God. And neither do I want to say it, say something that it's not saying. Now, just to give a little clarity here. If we realize that we had an opportunity and we messed up, we failed. What do we do about it? 
We can come to the Lord and say, God, you gave me that opportunity and I spurned it. Have mercy on me. Help me the next time to allow your grace, your righteousness to flow through me. But if our life is a life where there is no kindness in those situations coming out of us, Matthew 5, 20. Okay, I uh, got this book from, uh, from, uh, and he still hasn't come. I was called in one time this past week. He's supposed to come and share his testimony, Uh, (laughs) uh, Louis Delagrange. But when I was there, he gave me this book of poems and and my wife just found it the other day and I said or was it yesterday last night maybe it was and she wondered where it came from and then all of a sudden I realized hey that's the book that Louis Delagrange gave to me and as I was thinking about this thing of kindness I I thought you know what I wonder if there's something in here that I could use to make a point in the message and I actually found one and and Kendrick you're up there and you know you read some some uh, stories about uh, prayer. Well, here's one about prayer, even though I'm not necessarily reading this about because it, this, this man prayed. But there's something more in light of what we're talking about here this morning that I want you to get. <clears throat> the praying farrier. What is a farrier? A farrier is a blacksmith. You all know who a blacksmith is? <clears throat> It's a man who takes a horse and puts shoes on him. When I had a horse, I had to go every month or two, I forget how often it was, to the farrier and he would put new shoes on, or uh, not necessarily new shoes, or redo the shoes or whatever they did on on the horse that I had. Anyways, what is a, okay, what is a farrier? A farrier is a blacksmith or as a, as in this story, someone who puts sh- shoes on horses. But what is a praying farrier? There are many people who pray, like when you get up in the morning or when you go to bed at night and at mealtime, of course, and a host of other times during the day. Let me tell you about a farrier who prayed while he was, wor- while, while he was at work and what a prayer that was. Marvin, as we shall call the farrier, was good with horses. If a horse would not run correctly, Marvin would put shoes on the horse in a different way so he could run properly. Or if a horse did not want to to cooperate, Marvin had a special knack to calm the horse and get him to stand still. Well, this one day, Marvin was shoeing horses for Farmer Bill. He had shod so many horses that he nearly lost count. There were big horses, little horses, mean horses, gentle horses. It seemed there was no end to the number and variety of horses in Farmer Bill's barn. Marvin the farrier was tired. In fact, he was very, very tired. There was nothing he wanted to do more than to shoe the last horse and go home. Visions of warm supper and a soft chair were dancing in his head. Oh, to just sit down and relax. Just one more horse and his day's work would be done. As the last nail was going in and Marvin's tired, aching muscles were calling for rest, he heard the voice of Farmer Bill. Marvin, he said, I know you're tired, but could you muster enough energy to shoe one more horse. 
Neighbor Joe has a pet mare with a colt, and he really, he would really like to have his sh- mare shod. Poor Marvin, his muscles throbbed, his back ached. It had been a long, hard day, but what did he say? I can try, he said. Great, said Farmer Bill. I know you would. I knew you would say yes. I'm sure you can do it. But there's one thing I need to tell you. Neighbor Joe and I get along fine as good neighbors should, but he has a foul mouth. Please, please do not say anything to Joe about his bad language. For if you do, you will open the very gates of evil. His mouth will spew out the vilest torrent of filth you have ever heard. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Asked Marvin, straightening his aching back. What is this all about? I think you heard what I said, answered Farmer Bill. So please don't mention anything to him about his language and we should get along just fine. I will see, said Marvin. I will see. So he gathered up his tools and they were off to the neighbor's And as they went, Marvin was praying. He prayed for wisdom and he prayed for grace to stay calm, whatever God had for him. I hadn't caught that aspect of it when I was reading this poem. He was praying for wisdom. He was praying for grace to stay calm, whatever God had for him. As Farmer Bill and Marvin entered the barn at neighbor Joe's, they found the children were busy doing the milking. All was calm and peaceful. Joe had a nice herd of dairy cows. Were all their their concerns in Maine? We're here to shoe your horse, said Farmer Bill to one of the boys. Can you show us where she is? At the far end of the barn, the young lad said, Dad is not here just now, a cow freshened out in the field, and he went to bring her in. Then he eyed Marvin and continued, Dad is in a sour mood. It's best you don't say anything to him about his cursing, for it would only make it worse. The little strength that was left in Marvin drained out of him. His back ached, his arms his back hurt, his arms ached, his legs felt as they could go no further. Marvin was about worn out. They found the mare in her pen. She, she had a beautiful colt. Marvin's spirit revived a little. Marvin loved horses. Such a splendid sight brought some strength back into his tired body. The colt was frisky, little thing running back and forth as Marvin began trimming the mare's feet. All was going well. Farmer Bill held, held her halter and the horse was as gentle as could be. Visions of home, warm supper, and relaxing rest began to swim around Marvin in his head. Sure, he was tired. He was extremely tired, but this should not take long. Barely had those thoughts entered his head when there was a scraping sound at the barn open and the barn door opened in stumbled neighbor Joe with a wet, muddy, newborn calf. As he carried the calf the length of the barn, the awful cursing that came from his house was unreal. Marvin had never heard the like. Soon Joe was back, still still curing with every step. I wonder if that's cursing with every step. He entered it. Entered the pen where Marvin was shoeing his horse. He took hold of the halter and told Farmer Bill he would take his place. If only he had said it in such a simple way. But no, his words were inspersed with terrible profanity. As soon as he touched the halter, the mare became tense and jerked her foot out of Marvin's hand. This was the last straw. Marvin was exhausted. He couldn't take no more. This was it. What happened next sounds like a mere story, but it really happened. Tired Marvin slowly straightened his sore back. Reaching with both hands around the neck of the mare. Oh, I get through this or not. He buried his face in the horse's mare and then he prayed. What a prayer that was.
And then he prayed. What a prayer that was. The mayor heard his prayer. Farmer Bill and neighbor Joel heard his prayer. The little cult stood still as, as if in reverence. While the birds in the rafters left off chirping. But best of all, God heard. And there was, and that is who Marvin was praying to anyways. So Marvin, so Marvin is simply... So Marvin simply told God all about it. He told him how tired he was and that he really wanted to go home. Thank you, Ron, for coming and sharing, even though you didn't feel like it. <clears throat> he told God all about his aching back and his sore muscles and how his horse would calm down so he could finish the job. Then he prayed for the others in the barn that were with him, for Farmer Bill and, oh yes, he did. He prayed for neighbor Joe. He prayed that God would abundantly supply all their needs, but not one word did Marvin pray about neighbor Joe's filthy mouth. No, he didn't. God knew all about it anyway. In fact, God had known all about it long before Marvin did, I'm sure, that while heaven rejoiced at that prayer, the gates of hell trembled. That prayer was for real. The mare began to relax. Marvin could feel her neck drop. As Marvin ended his prayer, he could tell that the horse was perfectly calm. Marvin reached down and touched the mare's leg. Immediately, she lifted her foot into Marvin's hand. Back to work, Marvin went. All was quiet. Then neighbor Joe spoke. No filth, no cursing. Very softly, he turned to Farmer Bill and said, You can go home, Bill. Marvin will be eating supper with us tonight, and then I will take him home myself. After Marvin had finished with the horse, they visited a bit and then went to the house. The whole family was gathered around the table for supper. Then neighbor Joe said, Marvin, would you ask the blessing on the food? Again, Marvin prayed. All heads were bowed. All eyes were closed. Marvin thanked God for the food he had provided, and he prayed for this family. But one, but uh, some of this wording here I don't think is right, but no word about the vowel language that had been so common in this, in this house. When the prayer was ended, a happy conversation followed. Even neighbor Joel joined in the, in the chatter. Every once in a while, some byword unintentionally escaped his lips, and then he would apologize profusely. So accustomed had he become to vowel speech that it was hard for him to keep the bad words from slipping out, but he tried, indeed he did. The ride home was so, diff so different, pleasant conversation, occasional feelings, fervent apologies. A tired but contented farrier knelt with his wife that evening. Before retiring for the night, he again poured out his heart to God. Was neighbor Joe near to the kingdom? Only God knew. As for Marvin, he would keep on praying. That's a, that's a beautiful story. And you know, it's one of those stories that we think maybe only, you know, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, only happened, uh, uh, you know, somewhere back there it happened. <clears throat> but I would like to lift that standard up to where I believe those type of things should be happening in our lives every, or should be happening. <clears throat> mm. We have in Ephesians 6.15 about being shot with the gospel of peace. And I like to just say uh, what his name was, the farrier there, that his feet were shot with the gospel of peace. I mean, even the horse became calm when he prayed. <clears throat> and, the, and the challenge that comes to me is, is where I go, what do I bring 
where you go, brother, sister, what are we bringing? What are we taking? Are we bringing, you know, maybe we find ourselves in a situation where there is strife and turmoil and customers upset and who knows what. Do we, because we are connected to our Heavenly Father, He is kind, that we can respond in a kind, loving way. And yes, pray if we need to out loud like, uh, what's his name, uh, Farrier did. Forget his name. Marvin, you hear that? <laughs> Didn't make that connection till now. <clears throat> I will say, a couple weeks ago, I had a had a had a truck driver come to my place, and we unloaded some things, and we got into conversation about non-resistance, and. Uh, the, type, the Bible, or, uh, Sermon on the Mount here talks about suffering for righteousness sake and I think maybe I experienced a little bit of that that day just by words. This was a man that uh, I think, at least his dad I think came from the Amish and he would profess to be a Christian and you know, goes to church somewhere I think. Uh, but we were talking about it and, and I forget what I said, but something I said about uh, maybe what Jesus did, I forget exactly what it was, but he left me soon know where he thought I was at, where I was off. <laughs> and it was, it was such, it was a Monday morning, and, uh, and uh, it was one of those mornings that, uh, can I say that God was real? And until it was all said and done, I wasn't sure when he started saying what he did there, I wasn't sure where, where this thing was going to end. <sighs> but you know, until it was all said and done, we were still talking and he left and peace and everything, everything was fine. And I looked back at that and af- even after he left that afternoon, there was such a There was such a peace and a rest in my heart that only came from God above. And I realized it was God that gave me the uh, opportunity that day. And I think I, I think I passed the test. I think I passed the test by the grace of God. He mentioned something, or I mentioned something about, uh, I, I don't want to go too far with, with uh, our conversation there, but uh, maybe just to pretty much the end there, where I think he was talking about, you know, going to heaven and, you know, having assurance of salvation, and I just said then, so let's, turn, let's come back again to what we are talking about earlier. I said, so somebody breaks into your house and you shoot them, are you going to feel like you will have assurance of salvation that God will kick you right in. Well, I, I would just shoot him in the leg. You see the reasoning? 
May God help us to be kind to those that oppose us like our Heavenly Father is kind. Okay. We have in Matthew the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to try to not make this too long. We have what it... uh, we have about the righteousness of God, and this is like I mentioned, I think I mentioned in the beginning, the title, kindness, and then maybe subtitle, the righteousness of God. It says in Matthew 5, 6, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. It says in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Verse 10, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, which I read that one already, it says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then we have one more, Sermon on the Mount, uh, chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the question I ask right now is, what are we seeking? Are we seeking the righteousness of God? Or are we seeking other things? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Or are we seeking other things? And then when that, when that, that, that time comes when we're supposed to be kind like our Heavenly Father is kind, somehow it's just not there. Somehow it's just not there. Why is it not there? Because somehow we're not connected to our Father who is kind. The righteousness of God. We read about the righteousness of God in Romans the just shall, uh, therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul writes in Philippians there where he talks about uh, not having his own righteousness, but the righteousness which is God by faith. This righteousness is not something that we drum up in ourselves. It's the righteousness of God which comes to us by faith. As we're connected to God by faith. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So may God help us to live a righteous life like Noah did in the Old Testament. Even though Jesus came in the New Testament and he, even, he raised the bar even higher. There were some things that God allowed in the Old Testament. He winked at, but now he calls every man to repent. There is a key in understanding this sermon. The key in understanding for this sermon to work in our lives is found in Matthew 6.24. Do we know what that key is? See who quoted it. Who was the last people that quoted the Sermon on the Mount here this morning?
No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. As I pondered this thing this past week, this is, the, this is where I saw one of the keys, if you will. It comes down to who are we serving? Who am I serving? And Ron, your message there on pride, it's when there's pride, we're serving ourselves. We're not serving God. We're serving ourselves. The key is there in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, I do believe. If you have other thoughts, I'd like to hear them and talk about it. But I believe this is the key. And you know, we can come up, we can, we can do all kinds of gymnastics. And it's amazing to me, some, bookshelf, or some books that I have on my bookshelf... I appreciate some of the writings of some of these writers, but then it comes to eternal security and the gymnastics that they do is just, just almost, almost uh, <laughs> makes you, I don't know, <clears throat> laugh maybe, but anyways. <clears throat> May God help us not to do gymnastics to get around what God really is saying here. If we want this thing to work, we're going to have to be real. We're going to have to be honest. And Brother Juan, I want to thank you publicly for being honest this morning. That's how the grace of God comes. That's how the righteousness of God comes when we're honest, transparent. Let's go on here. So it's either itself or God. And the Sermon on the Mount also says, Jesus said, Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Hey, we made the way way too broad. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And that scene sounds very restrictive to the natural, and it is to the natural man. But I tell you, when we truly bow our hearts to the Lord Jesus and truly enter into that straight and uh, gate and, and narrow way, there is life, abundant life, eternal life, peace, joy, to where when somebody is mean to us that we can respond in a righteous way that God, how God would respond. We have here in, in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Romans chapter 6, it talks about that we should seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And before that, he's talking about, you know, the, the Gentiles. What do they seek after? They seek after eating, drinking, and, and raiment. What they wear, it's all about, it's about those things. But he tells us to first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all those other things will be taken care of themselves. And as I was pondering this and... I. I I hope no one will be offended here this morning by me saying this. But rather I would, and it, it probably it pertains more to our young people. And I know sometimes it's hard. You might feel like you're being picked on. But please hear my heart here this morning. Hear God's heart. Hear God's heart. 
Either we're serving God or we're serving self. The Gentiles, they're serving themselves. It's all about eating, drinking, and raiment. And, I, and of course, I had some other things there that... Uh, <clears throat> what do we eat? What do we drink? Do... Yeah. But let, let, let me just bring this little point out that I was going to. For all of us. Young people, old people, all of us. If we find ourselves at a place where we're, we're, we like that thing... And then we try that out. Then we like that thing and we try that out. Oh no, but that, now that's old. Now let's try this thing. And we go back and forth. And there's just an unrest. There is no peace. There is no, there is no calmness. There is no, you know, there is no, uh, there's no rest. That's what the Gentiles do. That's what the world does. They're seeking for something that will satisfy, but they'll never find it. Why? Because they're on the wrong trail. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to life. If you want life, my brother, my sister, go through the straight gate and go into the narrow way. That's where life is. And I have a verse for you. And this is what so blessed me. It kind of linked with what, uh, what's his name was here the other Sunday. Jesus says, and this is a verse that I have, I've been very precious to me, probably the last, more precious to me. I heard a message on it, Ron. I heard a message on it. And, uh, and, and ever since that, that, that verse, I just, I, I bring it up again and again because I need it. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And he also says there, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find what? Rest to your souls. Do you make the connection about what I was saying? We go here, we go there, we're, we're just all over the place. And Jesus says, learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest, peace, rest, joy. I need to wrap it up here. I was going to be hard on Donnie and his coffee, but I guess I'll pass on that. <laughs> I don't believe, Donnie, you're drinking coffee to, 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 to get life. <laughs> we do need these things, but if we're... Anyways, we'll leave it at that. I had three points here on how to make this righteousness work in our lives. And the first one is at the Sermon on the Mount again. I don't know, brothers and sisters, but I'm just, I just, it seems like I cannot get done meditating on this, on the Sermon on the Mount. And what drew me into it is because of this thing of kindness, and then I started thinking about it, and, and I was up in the airplane, and, and away we flew with it, <sighs> meditating on the, on, on the Sermon on the Mount. But the first, first verse, or the first blessed is what? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Is that past tense, present tense, or is it now? Past tense, present tense, future tense. Which one is it? I like to say it's now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven now. Are you experiencing the kingdom of heaven now? Right now? How do you get it? 
Well, he says it here. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Not the proud, but the poor. The humble, the meek, the lowly. Blessed are the poor. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Point number one. Point number two, hunger and thirst. That word uh, hunger is to crave. We hunger and we thirst. How does it say there? Blessed are, blessed are they... Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we need to see our utter need of God. And we need to and then press in and say, Lord, you're saying this is actually for me? It's for me. It's for you. It's for all of us. It's for the Christian. Third point is, first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. First the kingdom. And we should probably have, we should have some practicals here. What do you do when you get up in the morning? What do you seek first? What do you seek first? Do we seek first the kingdom of God and then go into the day? And I heard a message, a little message this past week on uh, first the kingdom. And actually, I, I didn't have that point, And I said, you know what? I need to put that point in too. And he brought out, he said, you will not be able to, uh, and I forget exactly what he's talking about, pretty much maybe the same thing we're talking about here this morning as far as uh, living out, uh, uh, that God's righteousness is being lived out in our lives, that you're going to have to spend time in the Word and you're going to have to spend time in prayer. You're going to have to get up in the morning. And he said, at least an hour. Where are we at, brothers? How much time do you give to your work? How much time do you give to your business? That's all going to burn up someday. And I know we need to work. Don't get me wrong. But the, the thing of it is, is we can get our priorities mixed up. And we're hitting on it. I mean, we're hitting on it here pretty hard this morning. And I'm, and I, and, and, but we need to hear it. We need to hear it. I need to hear it. I'm not preaching to anyone but myself. All of us here together. First, the kingdom. So if that sounds like a, like a, a too much, well, you can do that and still not be doing it. You can do that and still not be connecting with God. This man, when he prayed, what was his name? Marvin, the farrier. When he prayed, he was connecting with God. And when he got there and he prayed again and heaven came down. Oh, may we be a people like that. Seek first the kingdom of God. Desire, endeavor. There's another word there. I can't read it. Okay. Now I ask the question. Do I, do we understand what the biggest problem is? What is the biggest problem? Is it the food in the fridge? Is it the latest fad that has come around? Is it that I am a workaholic? Is it having the latest, greatest this or that? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it? What is the biggest problem? What would your answer be? What is the biggest problem? Either we're serving God or we're serving self. The big, biggest problem is ourselves. So may God help us. May God help us to truly commit ourselves afresh to Him. And say, Lord, I am yours.
Forgive me where I have failed. Help me to be as holy as a man can be this side of eternity. Why is there problems? Like Ron said, why is there problems? It's because somewhere we're seeking the wrong thing. Somewhere we're seeking the wrong thing. But may we allow God to break our hearts. May we allow God to humble ourselves where we humble ourselves before God. And when we do that, God can work amazing things. God can work amazing things. Let's pray. Father, we love you, we worship, and we praise you. We thank you for your word, Lord. And I pray, O oh God, Father, help us, Lord, to live for you all the days of our life. Help us, O oh God, to allow your righteousness to be lived through us, O oh God. It's not our own, it's yours, Lord. But yet at the same time, God, it becomes ours as we abide in the vine. Oh, Lord, I pray. God, we look to you, Father. I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Sermon on the Mount. And I pray, God, forgive us where we watered it down in any way or shape or form or added anything to it that we should not have. But, oh, God, help us to get the true heart and the true message this morning. Lord, that we would quit playing, that I would quit playing games, dear God, and just be real and honest, Lord. Father, I pray for every heart that is here this morning, Lord. God, I pray, Father, I know you're speaking. I know you're speaking. It's your word. It's your spirit, God. And you're calling men to yourself. And I pray, Lord, Father, that you would, that you would open our eyes and help us to see our, where we have gone our own way, dear God. And, Father, that we would truly humble ourselves and repent, Lord, and turn to you again with a... With a uh, with a, uh, how should I say, where we commit ourselves afresh to you, God, trusting you, believing you, knowing, God, that your promises are yea and amen, knowing that what you have promised you will do. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, if there's any soul here this morning that, 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 is, that, is, that is drawing back God, but yet is knowing that they need to to. Reach out their hand to Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you would give them grace to do that this morning. Lord, we thank you. We worship you and we praise you. Help us, O oh God, to be a, a bright and a shining light, Lord. You have called us, God. You have, uh, 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 we read that in the Sermon on the Mount about being a salt and a light to this world, Lord. O oh God, I pray. Father, we need you. We look to thee, God, and we thank you. Again, for being with us here this morning, I pray and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.